0: Welcome to The Generative Age, a podcast that explores the rapidly evolving world of generative AI and its impact on education. Guided by EdTech director, author, and
1: Nightscape board member, Alana Winnick, we are joined by experts and practitioners in the field who are shaping this course of artificial intelligence in the classroom.
0: Whether you're an educator, administrator, technology leader, or simply interested in the future of education, join us on this journey through The Generative Age, powered by Nightscape. In this episode, I interview Kotsmore's headmaster, Tom Rogerson. You might have heard about them in the news. They had a very human-looking AI chatbot called Abigail Bailey, which they've renamed to Abby. We'll learn about Cotsmore's journey through creating these global virtual conversations. A lot has happened in the world of AI since we last met um, OpenAI CEO, Sam Altman. Left OpenAI and went to Microsoft, and then he went back to OpenAI within 24 hours. There's speculation that OpenAI reached AGI, which is Artificial General Intelligence. And that means that artificial intelligence or AGI has surpassed human capabilities. So that's going to be life-changing once a company reaches AGI. There's no proof or evidence that this happened, but there was speculation that OpenAI came close and there was disagreements with what to do with it. Again, this is totally a rumor, but it's what's being talked about. Other updates that came out since we last met was that now in ChatGPT, you can create your own chatbot with your own parameters. Our last guest, Cool Cat teacher Vicky Davis, created instructions. So if you're looking to create your own chatbot, please check that out. I apologize for the audio quality in this episode. I did not have the correct microphone selected. That's something a human would do, not an AI. So please forgive me. I'm only human. Uh, In part two of this episode, I did select the correct microphone. So I promise you it's just part one. Tom is the headmaster at Cotsmore School. We're going to talk about why this school is very important. But before we learn about the school, let's take a minute to really get to know Tom and tell us about your career in education.
1: It's a long, well, it's a long old journey. I don't don't know if you have time. I'll try to sum it up. Um, I started teaching when I was 15 and um, I did my first teaching role after exams. I came to this school. And so I've been in the classroom since about the age of 15. Um, I went to university, then I trained as a teacher. And then I went into state schools. I was teaching all sorts of things uh, then, but um, I was teaching English and history mainly. And then I went into, in London, I went into uh, private prep schools and I taught in London for 10 years and I've ended up where I, I started. And here we are, Cotsmore School in But you did take a
0: one-year pivot, I read. Can you just tell us a bit about this? Because so It, it little was sort adventure. of a
1: pivot. So, so, So at the age of 17, there were two paths for me in my mind there were two paths there's probably only one path really and I'm a musician I'm a songwriter um, I've been in a band again since about the age of 15 and so I tried to service that part of my my life by working at Universal Music International and it was uh, wow that was an experience and a half so it it sounds like uh, you
0: really loved it why did you go back to education sound um, you sound very passionate when you were just speaking
1: it's difficult to say, really. I think the calling was there. It was too loud. The calling of education was was, was very, very loud all the way through my life. My father was a head master and my grandfather was a head master. And so, yeah, it was, it was a loud calling. Let's call it that.
0: So you are a musician. How do you feel about using AI, because people are using AI to write music, and to perform the music. So what do you think about AI in the music world?
1: Our drum teacher from, from the school I'm at at the moment is the is the drummer for a band called The Mission. It was a really, really famous band in the 80s and 90s. Um, he has an extremely strong attitude towards it. In fact, he's consulted for an AI music company in London and he is very very strongly against it and to some extent i agree some extent i don't agree you have to have a root of authenticity to begin with and if we if everything is fabricated then all you're doing is regurgitating um artificial intelligence created material so then it's a kind sort of a, a strange loop and it's called something very specific but it's a strange ai loop that it gets into and it starts producing content with its own content and that's, that's, not, yeah. that's not great. I don't think that's a fantastic thing. So to have original human uh, creators is unbelievably important. I'd say an artist's job, a poet's job, a musician's job is more important now, the humans, than it has ever been in the whole of history. And that's so exciting, so, so exciting, that an artist can be such an important person in the world. I'm passionate about that.
0: I can tell. What are you doing in your school to help instill this mindset in your students?
1: With innovation or with AI?
0: I'm and just that mindset that you described and how important it is to nurture these types of skills. So it doesn't have to be about AI at all, actually.
1: Yeah. So there's an amazingly cool thing called STEAM or STEM. And essentially, we we have a science room and we have a um, an art room, and we have a DT room, and we have, you know, a math room, and they're all separate subjects. And so what we've been doing is really thinking very deeply about how to join all these subjects together to just be uh, one, um, to what be one subject of innovation. How's that manifested itself? In fact, this term is that we've organised for a day, an explosion, a catalyst day, and do you know Dyson, the design company, yeah. Dyson, Dyson Hoovers, yes. Dyson fans? Um, essentially, there's a guy called Ben Edmonds. And we've been having some super exciting conversations. And he's coming to lead a day for state schools and uh, a few of our students at Cotsmore wow. to talk about innovation. And he's coming in and he's bringing, he loves cardboard. He makes all of his designs out of cardboard first. I love that. And so that's pretty sustainable. Um yeah. that's cool, that's inspiring, um, in itself. And so he comes in and he does this amazing day, and he's helping me design a classroom uh for the future, education 3.0. You've heard of web 3. Um yeah. and obviously, and education 3.0 is same same thing, and he's helping us design the coolest classroom along with a guy called Braden from Taskspace, and our builder and our head of IT. And a robotics firm from Paris, we're all coming together to design this classroom. The designing is uh, going to happen before Friday. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I just maybe, missed maybe it. Maybe not, not the final exam. Yeah. Braden's working on it at the moment, and he's really into VR. And so it'll be designed in, in three dimensions in VR and uh, cool. we'll be able to sort of fly around the room and just see what's going on. It might or might not be ready for Friday. Friday is a very significant day. It's the conference. It's one of our conferences.
0: Do you want to tell us a bit about your school? So first of all, it's beautiful. I Thank wish you. I were a student going to your school. Tell us a bit about your school and what makes it so special and what drew you back to it years later.
1: Okay, okay. Well, I don't know if you're showing a picture right now, so I'll describe it. It is close to London. So we're half an hour on the train from Victoria, yet we're in, as you can see, Alana, we're inside this absolutely beautiful, bucolic, green, um, tree-filled, grassy um, landscape, and it's—it looks it's very... like
0: a castle. Like it, it is beautiful. So the
1: bu- the building itself is an extraordinary um, dream. It's a Victorian melange of of all sorts of architectural styles and. So so much of what informs all of our thoughts about AI, about technology, is community and connection and connection with nature, connection with each other. And if the if the technology doesn't improve or increase our connection to each other as humans, is it has to go. It's a it's it's gone. Sorry to say it, but I think there's an enormous amount of ed tech, which doesn't do that which, which i agree
0: no i agree uh, with give, you give
1: us time back but i think actually used correctly let's make let's say that ai has the capability of transforming teachers lives and creating so much well-being i think we have to do it I- carefully i think we have to be circumspect about ai facing children directly we have to make sure that it's all cool and all all, all good safeguarding gdpr all these things have to be rubber stamped we are a bit circumspect about it facing children unsupervised. Um, but what we're not circumspect about is the fact that we can talk about it, we can develop it, we can save time for teachers. That's the key. You can't go wrong with that, sure. I, Surely, I agree the, with correct- you.
0: The US Department of Education released a report and they had this whole graph about how only 49% of teachers' time is spent directly in front of their students. Like, I mean, that's. Come on crazy
1: you're saying the thing for me i have an american friend in london she's running uh, an online school and it's the first school that's been accredited by the department for education that's online and she is telling me she's feeding directly back to me all these things that are going on in the u.s and i think pretty much they're going on in the uk as usual slightly later but um we can we can feel it coming we can certainly feel it coming but it's really happening in the us at the moment and so
0: yeah. potentially
1: done safely i'm i'm saying absolutely got to be safe um it could transform teachers lives and actually attract teachers to the industry and make people want to join the teaching industry because imagine you go into teaching you didn't go into teaching to sit at a computer you went into the teaching exactly. to change people's lives and you know exactly okay, uh, you could change people's lives Uh, as a teacher sitting at a computer, but much better to change people's lives teaching them, facing them, doing what teachers do best, funnily enough, is teaching. So that's what that's where I think we should be and where we should be heading.
0: I love that. So here are some questions for you. So can you tell me one creative way that you use AI personally and one way that you use it professionally?
1: I was a bit late for my sister's birthday. And I thought, I'm going to be in trouble. This is this is not cool. I thought, how am I going to make that up? And so I went to Ideogram and I typed in all of the words I wanted to say. And uh, <laughs> I just a really stupid thing. And so happy birthday. I typed in happy birdie because it's a bit of a sort of like a joke thing, whatever. With a happy birdie and, um, my, and my sister's name. Went through the iterations as you do hitting refresh, 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 trying to get the one. And I then sent... Uh, the card is that what you meant personally
0: yeah no that's a great use of it yeah that, I mean you couldn't have done that without AI right
1: well I could have but it would have you know I would have been sitting there for probably about two days trying to get the uh, the graphic to look the way I wanted it to look
0: right so yeah so AI accelerates your your work I think that's the, right. the main... would I
1: would I have used that for something I was paid for uh, you know that's a tricky question But would I be happy to send my sister a a funny birthday card using that? Yeah, I think I I would. And I think this is quite an important differentiation. I've still not decided if you're making money from it.
0: But if you were making money from it, let's say, let's say you were being paid to present and you really just needed this graphic. And let's say you're just not a good artist, just not your strength, but you could use AI to help you get your message across in a clearer way
1: yeah i mean if you're illustrating a point um and and you you say here's a picture i do think it needs to be cited shall i show you an image that i've i created
0: sure and then i'm going to show you one that i created
1: so that's an image of a uh, beautiful sunset roundabout about golden hour um and they are chilling on the grass talking and they're talking about ai one person saying mm-hmm. yeah ai is awesome and the other <laughs> person saying hey guys we need to be careful it's a thumbs down from me at the moment and this is you know just people who've been living inside it and and, and, and mucking around with it this is super obvious this is this is um created it, it's a really interesting question um but if this was being used uh to make money for something or if you were selling it as an image or whatever I don't know if if you know I haven't I haven't monetized um an AI image so it's a bit of a tricky area I think citing is a good thing
0: So just so you know, uh, well, I did make citation guides. I have one for APA and MLA for text and images. Fun fact, in APA, you do not need to cite AI-generated images. In MLA, you do. In APA, you do not as of right now. And Um, the other, yeah, I I found that really interesting. I was surprised by that, but you don't need to cite it. My AI-generated image that I'm going to share with you, I actually love this image. And I love it so much that what's on my book, and if you look very closely, it's a galaxy inside of a light bulb. Mm-hmm. So one of my my first chapters called A Universe Unveiled. In the second chapter, there's a subheading called A World of AI Possibilities. And I said something like, um, like a universe bursting with possibilities, the opportunities with AI are vast and endless. Like, let's start small. Let's start with a world. Hmm. But the light bulb really represents this whole universe of possibilities that we have with AI. And mm. i how else would I have described that? So for me, I thought that was a really great depiction of the message that I was trying to show. I made it in MidJourney. And if you look at the fine print in MidJourney, if you have the paid version, not the free version, you are actually allowed to use the images for commercial use. So you can create an image on mid-journey and sell it yeah. so, and make so you're, money.
1: You're you're already more of an expert. Definitely, Alana. You look, you sound like you're you're ahead of the game on that one.
0: Well it's something I think is really important because I try to strive to teach our students here about digital literacy and and digital citizenship. And I think now AI ethics and AI literacy is incredibly important. And if you're going to tell a student, you need to cite your sources, you need to cite your image. And now- That's
1: absolutely it. That's absolutely it. So what you're saying is enormously important. Um... I
0: can share with you later some examples of how my teachers were using it with their students without the students ever logging on. And we came up with such creative, innovative projects that the students were so excited about. Now, we do have students interacting with AI, mostly for image generation, and that has actually been transformational. We've actually seen improvement with descriptive writing, because they need to really be so literal and so descriptive, because the AI will not make any inferences.
1: Really, really good for instructional writing. So, if you're trying to... Those instructions. It's just there's no better.
0: Oh, you didn't tell us in a creative way that you used it professionally. You told us personally, but you never. Um, knew it.
1: Uh, many many ways. Uh, but I'll just tell you. Just before we started speaking, I've basically challenged everybody. It's the pink aeroplane, the pink plane challenge. Um, I give people a piece, pink piece of paper, because those are our colours, pink and blue, and people make a paper aeroplane, and the one that goes the furthest wins a prize, and the most. innovative use of the piece of paper, however they want to uh, innovate, wins a really, really awesome prize. But this guy, Ben Edmonds, he's giving 50% off uh, a session uh, with him, a whole day, uh, I think. So that's that's an insane prize. And he was very, very generous. Um, But anyway, so you have to throw this paper airplane, right? So LinkedIn, I said, hey, everybody, we're doing this cool challenge. And he messaged me saying, yeah, that should work, and even the risk assessment could be okay. I.e., you haven't risk assessed this. Uh, what are you, you know, what's, what's going on here, Tom? Because I know him well. And what I did then was half tongue in cheek, half real, and I typed in, "Please create a risk assessment for the independent school show for uh, a, a challenge where we are throwing paper aeroplanes when everybody has left the exhibition uh, later on in, in, the, in the afternoon." and hit go and there it was um and i and i i've copied and pasted it and it's it's on linkedin right now i love that i know and and it was it was like sort of real and sort of do you
0: edit it at all or you just oh no
1: no apps always read it always edit it always want to make sure it's a bit like that, um, uh, that ideogram picture that I, I, I edited on, on Canva. So always editing, the you know, especially a policy, you know, especially a risk Yeah,
0: assessment. no, I, You're, I know. You don't whack
1: thinking. it out. You go, like, hey, that's, that's good enough for me. Because a lot of the time, the thing holding us back from doing work, and I don't know, Alana, if you agree with this, a lot of the time, the thing holding us back is perfectionism. And it, you, sometimes I don't even start something because I think, oh, it's not going to be perfect or I just can't do those first few words on the sheet. But what no, it is, is a great way of kickstarting your brain into action. Of course, then you go down, you go, oh, that's a nonsense. we got to get rid of that. That doesn't make any sense. That's too much this, too little of that. And you ended up, you know, you can end up deleting the whole thing and start again. But at least it got you started. And that's that's professionally... Getting things started is very often how I I, I do it. I don't yeah, think it's, it's like an idea for,
0: generator.
1: I don't think it's very good for writing articles. I don't think it's personal articles.
0: Would you use it for like an email to your staff or a community? Okay, or...
1: so no, the answer is no, and I tell you why. So somebody who uh, a technical person—that's uh, all I'll say—wrote me. He's very he's usually very quick. He's a very he likes getting things done. Bang, 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 and he wrote me a message that was three paragraphs long and it was verbose and very um florid language and lots of Mm -hmm. long words and and, uh (laughs) i i read it and about three seconds later i called him and said mate you have been you've been hacked we've been hacked this is bad news you know something's happened come on this is serious and he said, um, "No, actually, I used ChatGPT to write you that email, and it was oh, so blindingly obvious." obvious. Um, yeah. And so, tone, um, style, it can't necessarily replicate. I suppose if you trained it, it, it could, but I'm not a I'm not a keen fan on, on on that. I think we need to we need to be very human. And and can I just quickly say that I'm really really passionate about the conversation to do with AI and 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 this amazing technology that's going to give us back time. Um, I can tell. But also, thank you, um, also what I'm passionate about is this whole idea of human creation by hand or human creation, uh, authentic, original creation. And at Cotsmore, we concentrated, uh, before half term, we concentrated on handwriting, but children were producing the most beautiful calligraphy uh, pieces. They took a piece of their work, so they took about a line or a line and a half of their work that was the most beautiful descriptive writing they had. Just those, and they, they did it in calligraphy and illustrated it in the, in a little box, and it inspired me so much that I wrote a post about it. And I think handwriting needs to come back. It's a
0: lost art. It's a lost, it's a lost art. Lost
1: art. And I just think, I just think the the idiosyncrasy of handwriting the individualness i'm pride of myself on um being able to recognize every single person's handwriting in the whole school oh that's james's handwriting. Oh, wow. That's Georgina's handwriting wow. that's this person's handwriting and it was really normal and i can even picture their handwriting right now that was really normal to be able to recognize people's handwriting and i think there's something lost in uh doing something in times roman in in word or Arial. Um, You know, a billion documents a day being produced. I don't know, I'm making that number up. Being produced in exactly the same font, uh, in exactly the same formatting. And the individuality and the idiosyncrasy and the authenticity and all of these things are lost that that just don't exist. The content, yes, you know, um, people can have their own special bespoke content, bespoke to themselves or stuff that they're writing themselves is very individual. But I think it's a sad loss that I think is unnecessary. And I think we need to bring back calligraphy, illustration, almost like uh, uh, the books, you know, the monks producing these books yeah. with the gold leaf and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I just think that there's, there's scope for bringing back handwriting, as well as, okay. as, as adopting this this incredible AI technology. Yeah. I don't think you need to just adopt AI and, you know, child facing AI. And uh, you don't, you don't need to, it's not necessary. You have to go all, you know, all out down one track. I think you can bring back handwriting. I think you can bring back idiosyncratic human authentic creation. So I think teachers
0: would, teachers would say, I'm not saying my own. I can imagine a teacher saying, but when am I going to do that? Where, where does that fit in my schedule? What would you say to a teacher that asked that? When am I,
1: when am I, going, when am I going to do what? Which part?
0: Teach handwriting.
1: Uh, in English? Bring it back. Bring you back know, handwriting. You know, well,
0: some some teachers, some English teachers, they want to put the laptops away and bring back loose leaf paper and blue books and make the students handwrite their essays. And it's not for the same reason that you want to bring back handwriting. It's because they're so scared of AI that they they don't even want to risk a child no, using it and they'd rather not? have them handwriting.
1: Why not just let the teachers do that? You know, let the teachers do that. Not ever using a laptop. Now that's very silly. Not ever that's using- I've heard a laptop. that. That's also silly. It's both. You can do both. That's the key. I agree. It's the key message. I, I know. Do both.
0: Last, last question of this segment. How do you envision the future of education in a world with artificial intelligence?
1: Spending more time with each other, spending more time in nature, getting stuck in with getting outside, no matter where you are, go to a piece of nature and be in and with nature. Try growing stuff. Also, uh, my vision for a future with or without AI, because Cotsmore is making a decision now. We're making a decision. Are we going to reject it? are we going to you know go with it we're not we're not right. uh, we're having this amazing passionate conversation life is short yeah we need to spend time with each other we need to spend more time with each other loving each other talking to each other understanding each other and that's that's where i see the future now y- you can use ai for good you can use ai for bad you have got a hammer and you hammer this way bang 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 and you've made a house you know by making a house just do it like literally one inch this way, bonk. And you've it. had good, build yeah. a house. Oh, ow, bad. You've hit yourself. It's the way you use it. It's the way we use AI. Um, we could just not yeah. use hammers. We could just say no more hammers. We could say no more AI. Um, and that's fine by me as well. It is about life with and without AI. It's our vision that counts, Alana. Your, yours, Your vision, my vision of how we want the world to be, not how we want AI to be how we want the world exactly,
0: to be. exactly. And I think you get if it. we,
1: the other thing it's really important to me, and it's not really AI based is that there are certain things from the old world, uh, the pre web three world and um, going into the uh, web three world. And I think it's hugely important that we put all the good stuff in a backpack and we take it with us over the bridge. And I feel like that's my job. And it's really, really key. These sort of uh, old traditional values, being sociable, being kind, opening the doors for each other, uh, being a good community person. I just think they need to be put in that back sack and taken over the bridge into the the, the education 3.0 world. I want to do it in a really open and uh, democratized way and, and in, in, a, in a conversation with everybody else. Don't get me wrong. I I want I, I don't want to do this in a in a silo. Um right. but I think taking the stuff the good stuff from the old mm-hmm. world and bringing it over the bridge to the new yeah. world that's what I want to do. I want to do that.
0: I lo- I love so that. that. So it, yeah. I had John Spencer on my podcast. His question for Vicky Davis who was on before you was literally what you just described. So I just want to play it for you. Obviously artificial intelligence has amplified the need for human skills. But what I'm curious what does she think are the timeless skills that were important 200 years ago that will be important 200 years from now. Literally what you just brought up, right?
1: Yeah. He literally said we were saying the same thing.
0: I know. That's why I wanted to play it for you.
1: And never in the history of humanity has the job of being an artist, a writer, a poet been more important that I, I, I truly believe that and that he just said he literally just said that didn't he in other words I know
0: that's why I wanted you to listen to it, because I was like amazing you need, thank you yeah you need to check out his episode that's of the awesome. podcast you will adore him he is so smart Shall
1: I just tell you about the AI principle uh, journey yeah do you want
0: that, let's thing? let's go through that journey because I found you based on that article that I saw mm-hmm. about Abigail Belly yeah, yeah. and then I. Went back on before interview to do a little bit of research and I realized there's no more Abigail Belly. And ABI. there is, there is, I'll,
1: I'll explain. So, it is the same and it's continued and it's the, you know, it's one and the same. It's just a new iteration. So the story was um, there's several parts of this story. One is the conversation, getting the conversation going, being so excited about the possibility that AI is going to um, save teachers time. There are several other things going on at the same time, Um, and one of them was um, the idea that you could have uh, bots that helped the faculties that did not replace the faculties from the very beginning. Okay, so it came out, I think it was November uh, last year, and my nephew came to me and said, there's this thing that you can ask it to write stuff for you. And it was like, oh, okay, Max. He's insanely good at everything that's technical, and that's what he's going to do in life. And he's going to become, you know, he's he, he's going to be very, very successful in in doing that. And I basically um, ignored him, and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not interested. And he didn't call it AI at the time. However, I had been using uh, Wonder, um, and Wonder is an image generating um, AI, and it was awesome. Uh, I'm an artist. I love painting. And it was just the most extraordinary experience, being able to create these images through, you know, speaking into the the box. Um, and so that was my that was a very personal, selfish beginning. And I, I've been basically a, a user right from the start. Um, and and from basically ignoring him a few days later, I looked into it, um, and it was ChatGPT, and it was you know world changing technology. I mean, you and I know AI has been around for decades. So I went to Florida for half time United States. Oh, yeah. And we went to a little league baseball. Is it little league baseball?
0: That's where there's little children.
1: Little, little dudes. It was a real experience. It's what you see in the movies. You know, yeah. kids with their uniforms on, they look like sort of mini real players and it's sort all of super <laughs> cool. And he was there. Anyway, so I met this guy. Um, who works for Amazon. And he told me all about the stuff that's that, that, that's been used for the last 20 years. And I just thought, what is, what, why, 20 years? What are you talking about 20 years or 10 years or whatever it was, he was saying. And this whole generative AI thing was going on in the background as well. And I was thinking, hang on, the, the, the industry has been using this for a long time. And I suddenly had an epiphany. We need to start the conversation. We We, we have to start this conversation, just like you and I are doing now. Right. We have to start, and this is a year later. Right. We have to start this conversation now, and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to invite everybody to have a conversation at Cotsmoor, which is my school. Mm -hmm. And we're going to invite Sir Anthony Seldon, who has written a book on AI. Uh, You should look him up. He's a cool cool cookie. Um, And a great thinker and a very, very intelligent man. And so he opened up the conference we call the Cotswolds Free AI Conference. And so he opened it up and we had loads of speakers, a guy from New York called Stefan Bauschard. We had Chris Goodall, we had, who's uh, a, a, a great practitioner in England. We had uh, Dan Fitzpatrick, who we've talked about earlier on. And uh, he, he was awesome, he beamed in. He actually came in person for the next one. And wow. so um, so then we had a, it was a really philosophical chat. Like it was, it was lots of talking, it was lots of philosophy and lots of theory. And so that was amazing. And it was generally considered to be the first of its kind. And we had people beaming in from all the way around the world, from Canada and from Bahamas. It was virtual. It was virtual. It was in, it was in person and live streamed. It was very, very well attended and very exciting. And so... You and I, we've been sort of early adopters. We've been adopting this thing. We've been talking about it for a long time. We've always got to be empathetic for people who just haven't really, kind of, don't really care. You know, that's with the majority of people, I think. So you've got to have huge empathy in that, on that front. So what we thought was, yeah, enough talking now. We've done a lot of lovely philosophy, a lot, lot of lovely strategy, uh, thoughts. Where are we going? Where's the world going with this? Okay, fine. Now we need to do this thing. And so what we thought was um, well, there's enough time between May and September to for people not, you know, to have a think about the, the philosophy. And so we thought, right, we're gonna do a doing festival, an AI doing festival. We call it the Cotsmores Free AI Festival. And it was three solid days this time, crazy amount of time just on, on AI. And we had it was so inspiring. We had Anthony, sir, Anthony Seldon um started it up again. We had Darren Coxon doing a day of creating a school in, in in three hours. We we like marketing plan, the philosophy of the school, the pictures of the school, the architecture, the whole thing. We we created on AI a school, and it was really amazing. Again, all of this is 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 adult facing. None of this is child facing.
0: Right.
1: Um, and then we had the next day. We had um, the Tuesday was Melissa McBride and Phil Burchenal. And uh, Nick Jackson, um, Doctor Nick Jackson, beaming in from Australia, and we had something called the Future Foundation, uh, who's uh, Matthew Adshead, and uh, some amazing people that he he brought on as well. So,
0: how did you find these people? And that was Just...
1: virtual. That's uh, virtual reality. I'll tell you, AI and immersive technology, not virtual reality. Phil doesn't like calling it uh, virtual mm-hmm. reality because he doesn't think it's it's the best iteration of immersive. And the next day was um, uh, an incredible day. It was AI in the classroom, Dan Fitzpatrick. He was awesome. Um, we had uh, a guy, Matthew Weems, who did the AI and the basics. And that's uh, for anybody who doesn't know what what's going on. And they are ah, you know, I've only got six minutes to learn. Watch that. It's so awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. And we had Dr. Phil Hardman. Do you know Philippa Hardman? She's an academic in England, uh, and she's brilliant. And, and she spoke as well, and something called the Sutton Trust. And... The whole thing was extraordinary so the, the, there is one answer one answer to your question how do i know these people and one or two of them i know through being around for a bit but the majority of them are, are through is one simple answer is linkedin and just going wow these people are just there's so much thought going on here there's so much excitement and so much uh conversation going on here it's too it's too vibrant weirdly some of my um Best colleague friends now are people I met in lock in the lockdowns. Do you call, did you call them lockdowns in America?
0: Yeah, yeah, we called it the lockdown, or we just say the pandemic.
1: It was kind of a lonely experience mm-hmm. for everybody, a bit w- bit weird, and so I made loads of connections, tons mm-hmm. tons of connections. Yeah.
0: I did want to touch on the fact that I think what you and I are doing is very similar, where we're trying to find these people and trying to have these conversations Uh and it's not selfishly for ourselves. We're trying to spread this knowledge, right? So I'm doing that in a way with my podcast. I think you're doing that in a way with your conferences. I have never known about your conferences and I, Again. Thought that they were only in real life. I didn't know that they were virtual as well. So I think that's a really great resource for everyone that's listening to now know about yours. So do you have any upcoming sessions? Yeah. And how often yeah, yeah, yeah. You, are you are? I mean, be shall running? I?
1: This is the group called Cotsmore's Free AI Events, AI Conversations Online, In Person Video Content. Okay. And that's uh that, that's that's happening there. And this is the this is the brand.
0: I love brand. it. I saw I checked it, it out.
1: AI plus, and so yeah. well, we've only done one so far, and it's AI in the basics. And here he is, Matthew Weems. He's super, super kind teacher. He's really, really living it, and I, I, I relate to him so much because, as I think you were saying before, that um, some AI experts, um, you know, that they they can imagine what the classrooms like, but they've never been in the classroom, or so, they
0: haven't been in a very long time. And the world has yeah. definitely changed, right?
1: Yeah. That's it. Within the AI plus AI and sorry, ampersand, brand, we have AI and SEN, and this is the big one. This is on this is on Friday. We you can come. Oh, wow. yeah. Um. So this is the email address here. Office at
0: cotsmoreschool yes.
1: It's exactly right, and it's a it's a webinar. So we've got a Zoom account, and we can do webinars on the Zoom account. As long as everybody realizes that we are passionate about the conversation, we're not yeah. passionate about child, about student facing. AI is not what we're passionate about. We're passionate about having a conversation about the AI in education, the and education. And how
0: long do you think it will be until you do have student-facing AI?
1: Um, it's, it's when it's ready with GDPR and safeguarding and all that sort of stuff. But as soon as it gets uh, rubber-stamped, as soon as it's cool on that front. So uh, if
0: there was tough. one right now, today, you'd be all for it?
1: Yep. If it was kite-marked, if it was... Rubber stamp. That's the safeguarding, like the government, KCSIE. It's called keeping children safe in education. Uh, all that. If the government went boom, uh, that's now safeguarding safe. But that's not enough. GDPR. Do you call it GDPR in the US? No.
0: What is? What GDPR do you?
1: GDPR is data protection r- ruling.
0: Oh.
1: It basically came in uh, at about the same time as Zuckerberg was being um, put on trial. You know. At, yeah. and that was all happening. I think it was slightly before. But it's um, really, really important what you do with your own data. It's really, really important what people do with your data. Um, and that is hugely important. And I think it needs to be rubber stamped before you start sort of chucking it around, you know, AI. Using yeah,
0: it. I just want to make sure that we we set the message clear because I didn't want people to think that you were against students using it. So
1: uh, I gets right it. I'm not against it. I'm for the conversation because you can't just, you know, I think blindly adopting it is nearly as silly as um blindly rejecting it
0: yeah i also I, just I, I think, think both, that th-
1: both things you need to be careful both ways you know
0: for sure i think that our job as educators is to prepare students to be successful right and mm. when they graduate into the real world and my favorite question is would you use it everyone says yes okay so if you would use it then we need to teach our students how to use it properly right yeah yeah, yeah. and people are so against it but the reality is they're going to use it in their jobs it's a hundred percent guaranteed right
1: just for full disclosure we have used perplexity and it's very well renowned as you know in verticals the the safe uh version but um that's with supervision that's with you know supervision yes
0: um
1: then that's that's the point we're not there yet but The stage I want to get to, that's the most incredible um, school of thought. That's basically a sort of Montessori style of of education that is children leading their own learning. They they get to a place where they want to learn about something. They learn about it and they learn about it five times more quickly because they've decided to get there. We're not ready for this at all yet because of safeguarding GDPR, data protection. But when we are ready for it, the applications for you know self-guided learning are extraordinary, especially when you get into virtual reality worlds, immersive worlds. Is it a good substitute for real life? No, it's a terrible substitute for real life. It really is. Immersive technology is, is a terrible substitute for real life for most people. Having said that, people with special educational needs, people who are nonverbal, people who are having a terrible life, because of their learning differences, I think that there's a different story. Robotics have been known to help people with severe autism as well. And so who are we to stop somebody who's having a, a really unhappy existence? Who are we to stop, you know, them from finding joy? It, 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 somehow. I'm I'm skeptical. I personally still think that the human connection is 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 the sacrosanct above all, you know, most important thing. The human connection, human time, human uh, love, uh, you know, this is the key. So uh, this is a really it, good but...
0: segue, I think, into the conversation about Abigail Valley. Oh, yeah. Because let me, before you tell us the story of how... Sorry, she's... I was just,
1: by the way, can I just say, oh. the problem is there are so many ways of sharing stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I posted some stuff on the government. They put out a really, really good, really sensible and really good policy on AI. You should read that. You, I you, definitely you, will. That yeah. was
0: one of the topics I want to talk a bit about because I think that your government is a bit further ahead than our government in this. this Hang on, you, um, you say
1: that. Joe Biden sa- um, signed a... Um, that's this
0: week or last he signed week signed an
1: executive order. I'm not yeah. sure. a little bit before this week, but yeah, he signed an executive I, order. So. You know, yeah, I put that. that I put
0: I put that up there. So mm. we maybe we could just jump into it because we're mm. here. But yeah, Joe Biden signed an executive order, and then our vice president actually visited you in the UK at your global summit of AI safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they announced this series of new U.S. initiatives to advance the safe and responsible use of AI. So mm-hmm. two of them. I mean, there's a bunch of initiatives, but the two I put for the listeners is the draft policy guidance on U.S government use of AI and the reason I put that in because it does include and protect education because we are government employees so I just put that in there but then I think the bigger one is the United States AI safety Institute which lives inside the NIST framework so if you are a director yeah. of technology and you probably are familiar with the NIST framework it's a risk uh-huh. management framework so this is uh-huh. AI safety lives within that, and it helps create guidelines, tools, benchmarks, and best practices for evaluating the AI risk. And you had brought that up. And I think the important thing to notice here is that your government is much further ahead than our government.
1: I think everybody else, everybody thinks everybody else is ahead. And I think it doesn't matter. I I think because this is all public, documentation i think you can you this whole democratizing thing that's where this sits you know we can we can help each other
0: for sure and we should right we're we all have the same goals um so we should help each other uh but i think you guys are a bit further ahead with your um student data privacy laws because there are some federal laws but we have a lot of state laws in new york state where i live uh, we have much stricter laws than many other states. Mm. And we either need to, if the state level has a contract, we can hop onto their data protection agreement, a DPA. Otherwise we need to get a signed DPA for each vendor every single yeah. year, promising to keep data safe. This is a district to district responsibility yeah. where I think that you're a little bit farther ahead where you were saying you're waiting for that rubber stamp someone else is doing that for you. And I think that's a little bit more helpful than us here who yeah. are so, so analysing um, each thing by ourselves. There's a
1: thing where quite a lot of money has just been given to, I, I I can't remember, it's Oak something, Oak National or something, school. And quite a lot of money has been given them for development. So that's happening. You know, that 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 is literally happening now. So that's good.
0: Wait, so let's go back to Abigail Bailey. So can you talk yeah. me through... The story of how you started with Abigail Bailey and where you are now. Yeah. But before see, you do that, yeah. this was not intended for you. So don't want you to think that it's targeted at you. Um, but I told you I asked the last guest to leave a prompt for the next guest. Yeah. And we just scheduled this. So you were not supposed to be my next guest, but it is a coincidence that now you are the next guest and it is sort of related to that because abigail bailey looks like a person right mm-hmm. it looks like a sheet so vicky davis cool cat te- teacher vicky davis is again not directed to you but she this is a prompt she used, and i thought it was very fitting so maybe as you're talking about abigail bailey who looks like a human and evolving into where it is today Maybe you can answer this question first.
1: What are your concerns about how people talk about AI and when they humanize or anthropomorphize AI? Do you consider this a danger and do you have guidelines on how people should talk about AI tools in a way that is super clear that it's a tool and not a human? Or do you think that's not a problem? Who's that question for?
0: She wasn't leaving this question for you because oh, you weren't my word. scheduled. That's so, that's
1: so interesting. So interesting. I
0: I know. So I thought it was interest. You know that we just scheduled this three Amazing. days ago. It's like I stu- recorded with quieter. her. I know. So I thought it was very fitting. Okay. So, so shall I? I
1: talk, I talk? talk talk about that? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So it just seemed like a super obvious solution to. Create a uh, something that would help uh, all leaders. Literally, anybody can access this this strategic leadership bot. I thought this was, uh, you know, a, a great for a public benefit. It was great to help all leaders structure their thoughts, have a a joint head. It's really busy. It's really crazy um, being a being a head teacher. There's so many. It's quantum. There's so many people. So many people wanting lots of different things. And all these different expectations. Sometimes you just need some clarity. And this is what this was. This is a joint head idea. So we, what we did was we um, uh, created a, an image, a picture. We um, we did say uh, he or uh, sorry, we did say she. Gave it a pronoun. Gave a title, like a human humanish title, and uh, an animated rudimentarily, really. Uh, animated it after that for the next week i had the most incredible conversations with the most intelligent people and i was sort of coached it was about anthropomorphization it was about humanizing tech and apparently this conversation has been going on for a very very long time and siri is obviously got a human voice you can choose a, you know a male or a female so that's a that's good you can choose but it doesn't have a face it doesn't have right. i don't think it has pronouns it doesn't have a title, a human title. I'd imagine that that's okay to the academic world because it hasn't got all of these you haven't you know haven't given it all these human traits. It's got one human trait and that's a voice. So that's okay. one human trait. yeah that's we're just about okay with that. Alexa exactly the same. So I've been given these sort of amazing lectures by these academic people, very very clever people and so we uh, gave it a second iteration. We decided to keep the name. And we decided to call it Abby, a mm. bit um, like Siri. Abby, yeah, that sort of jazz. So, um, and that, that, as you can see, there's a little avatar of a book uh, with a mortarboard with a, a graduation hat on top of it, and it says um, "Strategic Leadership for All." And so that is where we that's, that's where we ended up, and it's a strategic leadership bot. And the pronouns are, are sort of, um, you know, it's, it's not so much about that anymore, but it's still the public benefit is still there and it's still helping people to clarify their thoughts and not to replace. This is just so not a replacement. Um, and that's that. That's that's where we are with it.
0: What was the piece of information that was given to you that made you change your mind?
1: Essentially, um, it's the same thing as mannequins in the shop window, you know, is that normal or weird sometimes if they're a bit too human that can be quite weird i think that's what it is it's it's that is it i I think that they encourage me these academics that i've been speaking to and me to think in the the way that you know is it actually a person no um is it trying to be a person actually no because the animation was so rudimentary that it didn't it didn't sort of it wasn't obviously somebody trying to make it into a human but it was enough to make it uh you know weird or whatever I really really appreciated those conversations with the with the academics and I think they didn't say this but I think it's about authenticity as it's about what is it and with the anthropomorphizing of technology make it into a human now, have you seen those robots with rubber faces that right. make expressions yeah people find that uh, quite tricky which is why they leave the back plate off they always have the oh, face. If you noticed? Yeah. Have you, have you noticed they have the face, the rubber face, mm-hmm. and they and they have the workings on the show every almost every time. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, we yeah, no, I know what on, you're talking about. So you can look that up on the... Google right now. Yeah. And you can you see the working. Oh, that's definitely not a human. It's the authenticity piece, I think. I, I think, think that's what That's I my estimation.
0: I love that. And also about transparency. And I think that you are very transparent. I will say that even when you had the human looking Abigail Bailey, you were very Mm. transparent that it was an AI. And I think that I will give you a lot of credit with that one because transparency and authenticity are both very important. Yeah, it did.
1: It said it's literally said, by the way, for full disclosure, uh, this is a bot, you know, this is-
0: Yeah, because I heard that there was a college that had an AI teaching assistant and they didn't tell the students. And the students thought the teaching assistant was very helpful. But they didn't know until later on that it was actually not a human. And I think that you need to be transparent. Some other questions I have about Abby is how was Abby trained? And do you have to pay per prompt? Like if I use it, are you getting charged every time someone uses it? No. And my third question is who supervises this chat? Or maybe someone doesn't. And if they do, how, like, are you seeing what people are typing? So those are my big three questions about Abby and you can talk to them however you'd like.
1: So Abby is a a strategic leadership bot. So it's on publicly available strategic leadership papers. That's, that's what Abby has been trained on. Who's done it? Um, a, A company called Interactive Tutor and they that's what they they did and they did it for the head, head of ai bot um and also uh, a special educational needs um, bot as well they, publicly available um data and publicly available um training um papers so that's that's the answer to that how how's it trained um do you have to pay per prompt absolutely yeah, you i'd have to double check that with the with the uh with the developer um but i think the answer is not
0: because a lot of uh companies they're using OpenAI, and I don't know what you're using as the back end of it. If they're going to use that technology, they need to pay per pass through, which is why something like Conmigo is going to not be free.
1: Yeah, I defer. I defer to him. Uh, but I know that it's not. That we don't pay for per prompt.
0: Yeah, you don't. You don't get a large bill that you know of.
1: <laughs> um. Well, he might be. He might be. Um. But
0: not. You're not paying it.
1: He's not. He's not. T- He's not told me. Um, and then, who supervises the chat? How do they? It's got. It's got to be um, the developer again. So, so
0: I, are you curious about how people are using it?
1: Um, yeah, I am. It's been trained in such a way, and it's been created in such a way that it's very, very ratcheted. As in, it's very much, you know, if you ask it a question about the Russian Revolution, I think I'm right saying it's going to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure what you mean, but I can answer questions on strategic leadership, and so it's yeah. ratcheted right down to, uh, and we did that on purpose that it has a very, very specific use, and I think, uh, you know, of course that that that's good to have a specific use. Your
0: target is all educators, every educator. I just want to make sure because it says strategic leadership.
1: Yeah. So I didn't know so if it was intended for a in leader. Article, in fact, in in, in some articles, I'm not going to say which one, but mm-hmm. it's getting a bit confused between the different ones. So this strategic leadership uh, bot, Abby, for me is a specific leadership tool. That's that's it. But and that's why it. I was it's asking this kind of co-head, this joint head. If you're if you're talking about um lesson planning or if you're talking about schemes of work. That's a different thing. That's a different piece of work that we're doing.
0: Got it. And what is that? Um,
1: uh, that is the work with Interactive Tutor. And mm-hmm. they have specific bots for specific things. So helping and you. And they with...
0: are not publicly available.
1: Um, again, I'd say definitely you need to have a really awesome uh, podcast with Alex Fay of Interactive Tutor because he is very, very lucid and he's passionate and he works so hard and his whole team are working unbelievably hard to you know weird out this thing which is going to help hopefully us all we're, we're sort of riffing on each other um, yeah he's seeing what's possible and he's going oh yeah and i'm 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 saying we want this we want this we want this and it's what anybody would be saying
0: well um, no i just want to explain to you not everyone that's why you're here because There are a lot of schools that are not doing anything like this yet. They want to get their community to buy in. They're setting up policies and they're a little bit more restricted. And I think that someone like you and someone like me are, we're early adopters and we rolled this out a bit earlier. So I always say there's not one way to do it and there's not one right way to do it. My
1: my massive piece of advice or what I would love to happen for any school trying to get into it is to have a conference, have a festival. I We did it. We've been doing it. And we got one on Friday. And I can't tell you how inspiring it is just to have the conversation. So
0: for those districts that don't have enough money to maybe bring some people in like you might have, what I did in my own district was you take your educators at any level. They could be a teacher. They could be a leader that is using it has a more of an understanding and what i did was i did lightning rounds and more of like a station rotation and the faculty rotated 10 minutes in each room and they got a personalized schedule and they just heard 10 minutes about how each person is using it in their professional role and if you can't bring in experts like like you did you can still leverage the people in your school and in your district
1: what i would say i i could not agree with you more You know, what you've done is exactly, you know, it's it's a really deeply practical version of what we did. Um yes, we had some absolutely insanely incredible people at our conference and our festival and our conference coming up. It's it's superb. And you say, um, oh, you know, all the money you need, but it's been it's everybody's so excited about this that actually it's not it's not necessarily would you do would you speak for free? Probably. Me, yeah. Yeah. Boom. I've just, would Matthew, yes. So what I'm saying is it's not, it it, it doesn't like- Right, but three no, I get what you're saying. It's free and it doesn't, you don't have to spend loads of money to inspire everybody into action or into conversation. Inspire or we could everybody. just
0: join in on your great um conferences that you're leading. Everyone could just hop on yours.
1: That's what I've been trying to tell people, seriously. Yeah. And it's not going to last forever. It's not sustainable financially to last it's forever. Not. Like in- Two years' time, a year's time, these are not going to be free anymore. I'm not talking about costs we're, we're not going to, we're, we don't want to charge because we want to democratize the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think, on a wider level, this AI excitement and, and free stuff with AI, it's not sustainable. So I'd say now, now is the time to go yeah. for it. We're doing this um, free AI and SEN festival, and it's it's going to be it's going to be really really exciting. It's we've got a robotics, as I said, we've got a robotics firm to have a conversation with. We've got um, Phil Bertrand, we've got the, you know, immersive virtual reality thing going on, and it's just going to be really explosive. i been in this for a pretty long time, the school leadership thing. And I, I think it's probably a sort of, I don't know, is it a midlife crisis? I don't know. But you, uh, <laughs> you, you sort of suddenly just want to give something back. And I, I yeah. feel like this could be a good thing to give back. And if it's not, then you know, shut it down and move on with our lives or something. But I feel like this is a, a really good thing to to share. That's, no, that's... it is.
0: Why, we have the same mission. That's why we're literally yeah. on this call right now. So I could share your story, right? Um, so as a school leader, from what I've heard about you, you really have created a culture that embraces innovation. So how did you do that? And what advice do you have for other school leaders on how to create that same culture?
1: I think the answer is a diff, every school is in a, in a different part of its story, right? And I think it was just the right now is the right time for Cotsmore to leap into uh, uh, something very dynamic and leap into something very exciting, I- I- innovative, and you know potentially looking to lead the conversation on on generative AI. I'd just say just judge your right time because this could be your time or it could be just chill and, you know, you know, see, see what Alana's doing, see what mm-hmm. Tom's doing. It could be that it could be your time just to intelligently what, you know, chill out, have a look, have a listen in, you know, get all the conversation input and then make your own decision. So I think, I think it's really, your answer to your question is you've got to know what, you know, when the right time is to uh, be dynamic within the story of your school and and, and what it, happens is right now is a really dynamic time for Cotsmore and we I, are able to do it and because i I say also because I think we're very we're, we're a very traditional school I feel confident in Cotsmore's ability to be what it is
0: what yeah. about someone who doesn't work in a school school district like yours yeah and their administration and leadership isn't as supportive and open-minded and innovative as you are and they feel maybe isolated and alone and they want to have these conversations and they want to try these things what advice would you give to that teacher
1: really simple join linkedin <laughs> done it's i uh, don't you don't need to know anything else join linkedin but who... Listen to all the people just follow click 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 all the people that Alana says to follow you know <laughs> people that I'm following um you know that's how I get my information there's some seriously forward-thinking people and I just um you know watch what's going on like people's stuff comment on people's stuff join the conversation on LinkedIn uh because you'll find people like Jason you'll fi- fi- find people like Matthew yeah fi- you yeah know, and where else can you do that? That's amazing. Do they have internet in the places you're talking about?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think so, after the pandemic, everyone has a device. And in int- I would hope that everyone has a device and well, in internet.
1: What's What's um, not to get on with? It
0: was, it was funny because one of my questions for you at the end was, where can we find you? But I think we could all safely assume that it's LinkedIn think we could just safely assume yeah. I mean yeah. it could be
1: not LinkedIn in a, you know in a year or a month or something but it's yeah. right now it's LinkedIn, yeah.
0: And I think the the big resources that if anyone's gonna take away from this call that you have, I think, is your LinkedIn page and the um the free, um what should we call them? The free
1: from now on their conferences. So okay. it's called Kotsmore, free AI uh, AI and SEN conference. That's what the one on Friday we're doing one in by the way january and february that's cotsmore's free ai and maths so we're doing maths and the reason why we're doing maths is because i really can't grasp in my own mind how maths works in ChatGPT or or mm. in generative ai so i'm yeah. like come on show me
0: join all the free conferences that cotsmore is offering that's a great Ooh. one and then another resource i found was you had this open source AI acceptable use agreement that school yeah. districts can customize. And I thought that was really awesome as well for yeah. someone who's looking for that documentation. That
1: that was a promise made at the first conference. So we thought, you know, it's nice to have a conversation, but, um, you know, what's going to come of this? And so one thing was to have this and the other one is to work on a scheme of work. And of course, you are doing that beautifully. So you could, you you. could fit into that. Um, very much, but we definitely went out for the agreement.
0: Tune in next time to listen to some of the episodes that I recorded live at Nicegate. I was fortunate to sit down with Microsoft Education's Chief Innovation Officer Michael Jabour, also known as MJ, and the E-Twins, who led our keynote speeches. So stay tuned. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Generative Age, powered by Nicegate. For a deeper dive, check out my new book titled, How'd You Guess? The Generative Age, now available on Amazon. Our journey may pause here, but the conversation doesn't need to end. Stay connected and informed by following me on social media at Alana Winnick and subscribing to my newsletter, all conveniently accessible on my website, alanawinnick.com. Don't just listen, be a part of it. With your free NiceKate membership, you can join these live discussions and enroll in our free Generative Age NiceKate community, where you can share resources, ask questions, and collaborate with like-minded
1: colleagues. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider leaving a review and telling a colleague or a friend.
0: We've got so much more in store, so be sure to join us next time for another exciting conversation. Until then, keep learning and keep growing in the generative age.